0: For neighborhood fun and great pizza, stop by at Cafe Piazza, located at 1900 Arsenal Street in South City, St. Louis. It's just a block away from the Anheuser-Busch Brewery at the corner of Arsenal and Lim. Check out either their original hand-tossed pizzas, which are baked with mozzarella, parmigiana, and Mediterranean oregano or their thick-crust Sicilian pizzas baked in olive oil along with Sicilian tomato filet sauce and Mediterranean oregano. They also have panini sandwiches, soups, and salads that can go along with your meal. You can also stop in for their brunch every Saturday and Sunday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Cafe Piazza also brings fun to the neighborhood next door with the Benton Parkade, an entertaining spot filled with pool tables, arcade games, darts, and more. So head on over to Cafe Piazza and the Benton Parkade Located at 1900 Arsenal Street at the corner of Arsenal and Limp. Open Monday to Thursday from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday from 11 a.m. to midnight. Saturday from 10 a.m. to midnight. And Sunday from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. City to city, state to state, worldwide. You are listening
1: to the In The Zone Network. City to city, state to state, worldwide. You're listening to the real In The Zone
0: Network. Back on this edition of In The Zone, the A-Train Arlington Lane. It's a season six finale. Got a little NBA special on deck with you. And right now on the line, got a special guest on on lock. He is the Valley Sports National NBA writer. It's Scoopy himself, Brandon Robinson. Good afternoon to you, sir.
1: Hey, good afternoon, good morning everywhere else, and uh, good night as
0: well. What's going on, bro? <laughs> I'm I'm good, man. And uh, one of the things that I have been uh, liking so far in this uh, NBA playoffs, man, is of course the conference finals. Now, a lot of people have been sitting back saying, you know, this conference finals ain't, you know, it's not the greatest. Not seeing LeBron, you don't see some of the uh, high-profile uh, stars. But honestly this is great because now you get to see new stars coming into the mix you know Trey Young Trey Young with the Atlanta Hawks of course Giannis is back in the conference finals once again uh, this time Drew Holiday is getting an opportunity to participate we're not looking at him as a star of sorts but it's a new face and of course Devin Booker and then we see in the Los Angeles Clippers in the conference finals what's your thoughts on that
1: um, I like the new faces I think um I was on another show earlier and I made this reference and I'll say here, like when I look at what's going on in 2021, I get 94 vibes with the Rockets, 95 vibes with the Rockets. Um, And if you remember, 94, Michael retired, they played the Knicks, 95, Michael came back, lost to the Orlando Magic in the semis. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, the Orlando Magic represented the NBA's Eastern Conference. And then I also get vibes to 2019 where there was no LeBron. And you got guys like who are at smaller schools, you know, like the mid majors, or just smaller Division One schools, like you know, for the Warriors, it was the Warriors and the Raptors in the finals, and you had, you know, Steph Curry representing Davidson, you had uh, Kawhi Leonard representing San Diego State, yeah. When I think of San Diego State, I channeled my childhood uh, when you know I was covering the Nets uh, from 97 to 99. The only uh, San Diego State representative that I knew was Michael Cage, who's now an analyst <laughs> of, with, with uh, Ballet Sports wow. in, in Oklahoma with the Thunder. So, you know, when I when I look at, um, you know, when I when I look at what's just going on in the league right now, You know, at some point, LeBron James will retire. You know, so this is kind of just um a preview of it, but he's not done. You know, it's just this year they're not in it, and there's some other you know things that went on. You know, first of all, the the quick return from COVID and and, and the bubble and Mm -hmm. all those other things. So he played 72 games, and you know, again to to kind of make that 97, 98, 99 reference, it reminds me of the lockout short season where. You know teams were playing four and five games and seven nights and, and so I, I i think just right now um i think either way as, as consumers of basketball we, we we are we are in a good space to continue to see good games whether lebron steph curry are playing or not but also um you know the new, the new, the new breed, the new crop of, of talent—the the, Trey Youngs of the world—who drafted in 2018. And, you know, um, you know, Atlanta is not just his team. He's got a, 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 an influx of various, um, you know, talent on that team, not named Trey Young and right. Nate Dillon and all that. So it's a lot to dissect there, but it's good to see uh, a myriad of different uh, players, not not name the usual suspects in, in, in the thick of things.
0: That voice you hear is Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. Here on In The Zone. And we're going to move forward a bit. On with the conference finals. Um, I got to ask you. There was a comment that went out. By one Stephen A. Smith. And he had said on First Take. Some time ago. Is Devin Booker. That Devin Booker is the next Kobe Bryant. What's your thoughts on that? Um,
1: I didn't agree with him. But I respect him. But mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day. Um, I like Devin Booker's game Yes, um, I think that we are in the business of comparison and, and comparing like things and um, I didn't agree with him but I respect his opinion mm-hmm. I respect him as a pioneer in this industry I think that Devin Booker does play like Kobe I think he has the potential to be this generation's Kobe um, but Devin Booker is still himself
0: exactly Exactly, and I know we like to make uh, comparisons to the greats of all time. You know, uh, the one thing that's been talked about is always who's been compared to Michael Jordan, whether it was Kobe or LeBron. But um, Devin Booker's game has been magnificent. I am so grateful that he is in the conference finals. A matter of fact, the playoffs, period, because now he gets a more national exposure than those that just watching him in Phoenix – you know, seeing what he's able to do, and now the country gets to see who this guy is really all about.
1: I think you, I think you bring something to the table with that. And I like this. I feel like with Devin Booker, um, I remember when Aiden was drafted uh, by the Suns, and he said that he felt that he and he and Booker could be Shaq and Kobe Part Two, mm-hmm. or 2.0, is what he said exactly. And, uh, you know, I think ultimately they're in a good position with or without Chris Paul. Um, I think Chris Paul is the icing on the cake. Um, But I definitely think uh, that Chris Paul, I think that the the Suns overall are just a decent team. I'm glad to see the storyline. Look at Monty Williams and how he bounced around the league as an assistant, as a front office guy. And, you know, he's found his groove. Mm -hmm. I hope that other teams uh, invest into uh, guys that weren't necessarily the stars on teams in their playing career but were strong voices and i mean journeymen in a respectful way just during their process of being journeymen Mm -hmm. um, develop relationships with other folks within those um those confines you know so you know even the reunion of of, of chris paul and monty williams both yeah. from the new orleans days that that's i had pinned something over at valley sports network uh back it was actually my first article that i wrote in may about chris paul and how his his um influence has benefited the Suns uh this season and you know it's 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 i think when you look at guys like monty williams um monty williams is such a big part of why they are they are in the position that they're in um, but it's the combination of the old school and the new school that brings it all together the movie drumline says one band one sound yeah exhibiting that one band one sound they're doing their
0: thing did you think when you saw them in the bubble last year you know they went eight 0 i'm talking about the phoenix suns and they didn't make the playoffs did you think then that they would get into the playoffs the next year, or even have the deep run that they're having currently right now, without a Chris Paul.
1: I didn't have enough information to really give it a thought, mm-hmm. um, so I, I, I can't say yeah, I knew it. No, but I think what I did know is when I look at teams that are young that develop uh, over time, I get Oklahoma City Thunder vibes with Russell and 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 KD mm-hmm. and James Harden, where guys were drafted um, and guys just grew. Um, versus the the today's NBA of just building super teams, and I don't I'm, I don't I don't have a dog in the fight in the super team thing. All I'm saying is it's cool to see comparatively, like the local the local neighborhood kids play on a high school basketball team since sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, and then they're on varsity, they senior year, and they win the state championship. But mm-hmm. That's 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 those are the kind of feels that I get watching those guys. And all you did was get one guy from private school that was in his senior year that wanted to play for the local high school his senior year. And, you know, that, that, that kind of solidifies their their, their, their core group. Like they know him. He just went to private school.
0: (laughs) Right. Talking it over with Brandon Scooby Robinson, Scooby radio, and he's the national NBA correspondent for Valley sports. Um, You just mentioned about the super team. I got to ask you, is the super team deceased? Is it gone? Is it over is this the end of it? Or we are we going to, or just going to see it keep going as we go into the future? No, it just
1: takes time to develop. Um, and I, I think you saw the Lakers uh, as a case study in the fact that a super team can't win a championship. Um, last season in a bubble. I, I think even in, in the case of the Clippers, I think that the Clippers is a super team, but the super team is really nothing new. The super team is just guys fucking... Guys utilizing their freedom to go elsewhere. But the Lakers and the Celtics, even through draft and free agency, were super teams back in the 80s.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I I know I spoke about um, on our sister show, The Price Check, about like the Golden State Warriors, how they became a super team, but everybody was drafted within. And I don't even really look at them as such because – To be considered a super team, you have to have superstar-caliber players. And granted, they are all-stars, but not superstars like a Steph Curry. And that's how I'm looking at it with groups today, like LeBron and Anthony Davis are superstars. When you look at the Lakers squad, when you look at uh, the Clippers, you look at no one, honestly. Kawhi is an all-star, but not a superstar. In my eyes, and Paul George, I don't see superstar. I see an all-star. That's I look difference.
1: at I look at Kawhi Leonard, um, how I look at um, James Harden and Tracy McGrady mm. and their previous teams to where they went. Mm-hmm. When you look at Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi did his thing in San Antonio next to Duncan, and, and, he, and he did it at a point where Duncan was on his way out, mm-hmm. uh, and then. He left San Antonio eventually and went to Toronto. I mean, people were making Michael Jordan comparisons as far as how he fit next to uh, Pascal Siakam being his Scotty Pippen. Um, i not comparing them, I'm just using this for context. Yes, yes. Um, I think that when you look at McGrady, he, he started his, his, his talent started to show uh, in Toronto. And when he played against the Knicks in the playoffs, and then he ended up signing that deal with Orlando. And then when Grant Hill got hurt, he took over. James Harden, a couple million away from not staying with the Thunder, that began the chance to chance the direction of that team, went to Houston, had his chasing in the Brady moment with the Rockets, scoring-wise. Mm. Um, I, I think that there is a parallel. The only difference is Kawhi got a championship out of the deal in the first team, and then he won another one later on. Yeah. Um, and to be honest with you, Greg Popovich did the Toronto Raptors a favor the same way that he did the Chicago Bulls a favor when he traded Dennis Rodman for Will Perdue. That being said, um, wow. I think that it's just interesting how guys end up. Um, I think that Kawhi Leonard is a all-around Swiss Army Knife player. And I think in the case of Paul George, uh, I think he's in a situation where He's not looked at in the same ilk as 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 um as the LeBrons and the Kawhis because of the freak injury that happened in the Olympics. But I think people I think people's attention spans are short because I think when he played for the Pacers, like he he was he was on a point, um, and it just it just didn't it didn't it didn't translate over right away. So mm-hmm. I think the bubble and just a lot of things. I think we have to reset expectations for certain folks, including guys like Lonzo Ball.
0: Hmm. Wow. Talking it over. Scooby Robinson here on in the zone. We're doing a bit of NBA special for our season six finale. And I got to ask you about the Clippers situation uh, with Ty Lue. Is is he right now the best Clipper coach of all time? Um, I
1: haven't given it much thought. I, I think the jury's still out. I think I think he becomes that if they win a the championship. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just Wait.
0: like I think,
1: I just like I think, when Ka- when Kawhi helped the Raptors win a championship um, in Toronto in 2019, you start asking those 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 Vince Carter, um, Kyle Lowry questions. Mm. You know, people say, "Well, is Kyle Lowry the the best Raptor ever?" And people say, "Yeah, because of longevity." But then they will bring up Vince. And Vince won a championship. And Vince. I feel like Vince was the test dummy. I feel like Kawhi just was put in a better position. Yeah. But I think those those type of best ever things get kind of tricky. I, I try to stay away from him, but <laughs> as it relates to Tyloo, the thing I'll say about Tyloo respectfully is um, you know, it, it I think he's in a situation where he is uh, rectifying people's beliefs that he was handpicked by LeBron and that he was in a situation where it took a, a, um, a Doc Rivers firing, or to, to to get the position. And the thing is, he's taken that job, and he's taken advantage He's he's taken full advantage of every situation he's been in and worked it in his favor. I mean, in 2019, Tyloo, like, um, like uh, uh, Monty Williams and jawan howard mm-hmm. were highly sought after head coaches the numbers just weren't right jason Kidd was in that conversation as well mm-hmm. uh, two years two years three years later we're revisiting this conversation and, and i think that you know at the end of the day uh, I, I think Lu is, is a good coaching i mean i've spoken to guys who have who knew that his his level of um coaching ability was there even as a as a player like i remember back on the scoopy radio podcast um, back in the spring of last year i had former um, Laker John Tellistan on the podcast. I and mean, he talked about how, you know, even back then, uh, most guys would be, even in a blowout, like a Lakers blowout, guys like, you know, Lou would be sitting on a bench next to Mike Penworthy and would be talking about just, did you see that switch? Did you t- see this? Did you see that? While other guys on the other side of the bench were talking about what club they were going to go to, what they were going to eat after. And, you know, even back then, being a Laker, so, you know, uh, Celestan just intimated to me that he knew that mm-hmm. uh, it was going to be something good about Ty Lue and there's no surprise there. Many people talk about Allen Iverson stepping over him after he crossed the moment he fell on the floor, but other people discuss how he was preparing himself, even in those those moments when they'd get blown out by other teams by 2033. So I think it just takes time to cement yourself in that in that legacy conversation, but I like him. I think he's a good coach, and um, I think he's an even better person.
0: The same can be possibly said for Clipper Point guard Rajon Rondo. A lot of people are uh, indicating that he's a coach when he's out on the floor. Do you think he will get into the coaching realm when his career is over?
1: Yeah, during the playoffs and finals last year, um, those close to Rondo uh, shared with me last year um, that as soon as he – you know, well, I'll tell you like this. He more than raised his value in the finals in the playoffs last year, kind of in the same situation that Chris Paul is in now. Um, and you know, basically, he wanted to put himself in a position, a la Atlanta at first, where he can get a guaranteed two years, and then can transition into coach.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you know, that Lloyd Pierce situation was 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 very um, attractive to him, but. Um, he wanted to stay with the Lakers. The Lakers couldn't afford him. They did all that to bring in Dennis Schroeder. And then the Clippers, he wouldn't have had to change apartments. Uh, he ends up being going back to L.A. and getting the two years he wanted anyway. Kind of in the same situation that the Celtics a few years ago were in with Al Horford, where they did not want to pay him. I think it was $109 million. He goes and signs that with the with the Sixers and then gets traded and then finds his way back to the, to the Celtics anyway. Um, I think the, the Rondo situation, very different as far as numbers, but similar in uh, process of getting the money you wanted to begin with and what you were asking for anyway. And so to go back to my point about um, this folks in his circle, the belief is that he will take a similar route uh, The Jason Kidd and uh, and um, maybe even Jeff, uh, Derek Fisher. I almost said Jeff Fisher, wrong sport. Derek <laughs> Fisher <laughs> Uh, where, where, you know, they kind of went into the coaching uh, fast track right away. not easy to do that. Jason Kidd kind of had some breaks early on. He had some disappointments early on. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's now a prime candidate in that regard. Uh, I think that, you know, Rondo is one of the most brilliant basketball minds out there. I put him on the same basketball IQ level as uh, Magic Johnson, LeBron James. Um, Isaiah Thomas, Jason Kidd—that um, they have that IQ, but also EQ, the emotional intelligence—and mm-hmm. um, I think you know the right situation will give him um, the, 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 the 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 look that he's looking for after playing NBA basketball.
0: Talking it over with Scoop B. Robinson here on in the zone. He has his own podcast at Scooby Radio, and also he is the national NBA writer for Valley Sports. And I want to go to the East before I get you out of here. Um, the Sixers, they're in a flux. They just had a heartbreaking loss at home to uh, the Hawks, and the Hawks are playing the Bucks on, uh, I believe, Wednesday night uh, in Game 1 of the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Um, is this... Do we see Ben Simmons last day as a Philadelphia 76 Not sure. Um,
1: I will tell you that if he is moved, um, the Portland Trailblazers and the Denver Nuggets could be um, candidates uh, in discussions with the 76ers. Um, but I do think that the, um, you know, you have to take Elton Brand at his word as it relates to um, last year not getting rid of uh, the, the duo that is Embiid and Simmons. Um, I do know that there have been lots of conversations that the, the Sixers branches have had uh, with teams uh, like the draft last year with the likes of um the Warriors, You know, there was a conversation potentially of, you know, depending on where LaMelo ball uh, would lie uh, in the uh, draft process. Mm-hmm. Um, he would, um, if he were to come into a situation where the second pick uh, went elsewhere that the Sixers and the Raptors could potentially make a move and he would have been a Toronto Raptor. Um, mm. Nick's interested, the Golden State Warriors. So it was a lot of chatter there where if, the, the second pick went to um, one of the, either the Raptors or to the Warriors. Then Ben Simmons could have been a Warrior, Lamelo wow. Ball could have been around a Toronto Raptor, and then you know ultimately you know there was a conversation about the Minnesota Timberwolves as well. Uh, I know that the Sixers have had interest in Kyle Lowry. I know people think it's crazy, but now you look at Kyle Lowry, and I think he's going to be in a very similar situation this summer like Chris Paul was in last summer, where there are going to be a lot of suitors, the difference between Paul and uh, Kyle Lowry is. Kyle Lowry is an an unrestricted free agent. Chris Paul was a trade piece. And Mm -hmm. so um, I think when you look at Ben Simmons and what he brings to the table, honestly, I think he's one of the guys. I don't look at him as the focal point, but I think his benefit is so great to a team like a Minnesota Timberwolves, if you will. I feel like his impact on a team like the Timberwolves would be... Kind of a shift in the same way Andrew Wiggins was when he came to the Golden State Warriors. Mm. Everybody was looking at Wiggins as just the star and just he needed to be around other stars and he's a complimentary star. And I look at, you know, Ben Simmons in that same regard. I think gotcha. you know, playing playing alongside a Damian Lillard in Portland or playing alongside, you know, a, 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 a um, a Carl Anthony Towns Jr. or, you know, a, a James Edwards, Anthony Edwards, excuse me, I think yeah. it would be a benefit. So I almost said James Edwards. Rudy Edwards, man. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I think that, you know, with Philadelphia, the other thing is, you know, what are they going to do in the offseason? I feel like, you know, even if you were to trade um, Ben Simmons, you, you'd still have uh, a Tobias Harris, uh, yep. who I think has played very well for Dodge Rivers this season. Couple mistakes here and there in the playoffs, but overall, you know, had a decent showing this year. Um, so I, I, I think that um, Ben Simmons is in a good situation, criticism or not. Um, I, I think um, I think he's still growing. I think mm-hmm. he's 24 years old. Um, I know I use this analogy on Twitter, and everybody was looking at me like I was crazy. But Jason Kidd, you know, not comparing their games, but Jason Kidd struggled in his first few years. Playing in the NBA, even this time in New Jersey with the Nets. They called him Asian Kid because he lacked a jumper. He didn't really age like fine wine on the court like that until he got a little older and won a championship in 2011 with the Dallas Mavericks. So be interesting to see what happens.
0: All right, we got the Hawks and the Bucks. And this is right now the Bucks' greatest chance to get to the finals and actually win the title. If they don't, do they move on from Coach Budenhausen?
1: Buttonholes, think, like, excuse me. No you are fine Mike bruden I think um, I think that was a conversation that 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 many people thought was relevant to had they not gotten back to the second round uh, I think conference finals there may be a different discussion mm-hmm. uh, but I, I think ultimately um, you kind of want to see the bucks pull through this year because I think next year the Eastern Conference just like the Western conference with healthy squads gets a lot more competitive so if they're trying to pull something off, this is the year to do it.
0: Absolutely. And we got, before you go, got the latest in uh, NBA head coaching rumors. One of the big, big names on surface is uh, Becky Hammond. Have you heard anything on on her end of uh, where she could possibly go and become uh, historical, the first uh, woman head coach in the NBA?
1: The Blazers and the, and the Celtics are both um, – have interest in becky hammond uh, i know that on the on the blazer side mike d'antoni uh, has impressed uh, oh, <laughs> the Blazers quite significantly yes
0: uh, oh my god his name always get thrown around but of course, of understood course, it.
1: he kind of had a red shirt year in brooklyn uh, alongside uh steve nash in brooklyn um, but becky hammond i think is a viable coach i think she's somebody who's proven herself Quite a bit, um, and I think more teams should be paying attention to her, and should be the first. You know, she comes from a Spurs system under Greg Popovich, where he's always been the first, and particularly as it relates to you know finding European talent. Sacramento has been has been a, has been a, a, a pioneer in um, doing that as well. But uh, for, for Pop and the Spurs organization to see such value in. And, and Becky Hammond as well. Um, I think others should begin to see it, too. She's interviewed for a plethora of jobs over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Hopefully something comes out this year. Dawn Staley is also another one who's, who's been, you know, who, who people have have kind of uh, inquired about. But, but I think the serious candidates right now, I think Becky Hammond is more of a serious candidate than Don Staley in many people's minds. But I definitely, definitely would like to see her have one of those
0: jobs. Any... Um, oh. I guess I'm looking at it as uh, surprises that could come out and become a head coach of one of these gigs in Boston, Dallas, Indiana, New Orleans, Orlando, Portland, or Washington.
1: Pay attention to David Vanterpool, someone who's, who's highly respected by the players and you know, kind of got a world deal in Minnesota. Uh, he's gone through some interview processes in, um, over the last couple of years with the Pacers, the Pelicans. And more i think the other person of the candidate you should be paying attention to is wes Unsell jr an assistant with the denver nuggets uh the wizards seems like a great fit particularly because of the relationship that his dad has in the greater baltimore and dc area um, he was my and, pick
0: for chicago by the way so i'm a bulls which, fan so yeah i had wes Unsell for chicago and i was like that would have been a great fit for them at- You know, bringing in some offensive mindsets, you know, like uh, what Wes Unsell did. Uh, But yeah, I was really, I was like, dang, I was like, but they got Billy Donovan, you know, and, you know, I know what Billy is able to do, what he was able to do in Oklahoma City. So yeah, that was kind of the major thing. Yeah, we on the same page? Yeah. (laughs) Before you go, uh, tell everybody where they can find you on uh, social media
1: Twitter at ScoopB get all the links, all the different things I'm talking about, news, articles, and more. Uh, and, you know, subscribe to the Scooby Radio podcast on our streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, iHeartRadio, or simply by visiting ScoobyRadio.com. We average about 2 million to 3 million uh, streams annually. Anybody from Charles Barkley to Shaq to Pete Sampras, DJ Khaled, Mark Cuban, um, the voice of Siri uh, on, on the platform. And, um, and check out all my written work, on-camera work uh, at Valley Sports Network. I've been there since May. And um, Yeah, that's it, man. Thank, thank you for the opportunity to be myself.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. And that's what I'm here for, man. You know, and you giving me an opportunity to, uh, to speak with you about various uh, things that's going on in the association. And I'm grateful to have you on. And I definitely want to continue on with this in the future
1: that'll work brother thank you
0: yes no doubt about it that is brandon scoopy robinson national nba writer for valley sports and you check out the scoopy radio podcast as he stated and we're coming up on a break we'll be back right after this For neighborhood fun and great pizza, stop by at Cafe Piazza, located at 1900 Arsenal Street in South City, St. Louis. It's just a block away from the Anheuser-Busch Brewery at the corner of Arsenal and Lim. Check out either their original hand-tossed pizzas, which are baked with mozzarella, parmigiana, and Mediterranean oregano, or their thick-crust Sicilian pizzas, baked in olive oil along with Sicilian tomato filet sauce and mediterranean oregano they also have panini sandwiches soups and salads that can go along with your meal you can also stop in for the brunch every saturday and sunday from 10 a.m to 2 p.m cafe piazza also brings fun to the neighborhood next door with the Benton parkade an entertaining spot filled with pool tables arcade games darts and more so head on over to cafe piazza and the Benton parkade Located at 1900 Arsenal Street at the corner of Arsenal and Lemp. Open Monday to Thursday from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday from 11 a.m. to midnight. Saturday from 10 a.m. to midnight. And Sunday from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m.